0: after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 154 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Elizabeth Brown, Elizabeth lives in the suburbs of Chicago in Vernon Hills, where she is a school social worker. Welcome, Elizabeth.
1: Thank you, Jen, so much for having me. I'm so excited, a little nervous, but more excited than anything.
0: Good. Don't be nervous because it's just like we're having a chat because we are. I <laughs> know.
1: I know. I love it.
0: And I love that I can see you and you can see me early yeah. on. We couldn't see each other. I was using a different platform, but being able to see each other, I think, really helps because it feels like we're we're having coffee or actually I'm drinking MT, right I now. I love it.
1: I love it. Got my,
0: my mug of hot water. That's and- <laughs>
1: awesome. Awesome. That's perfect. Yes.
0: Well, it's good to talk to you, like I said, and you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that?
1: Okay, so i thought a lot about this on how specific to be, so please interrupt me if I'm carrying on too long. So I remember in seventh grade was the first time that I thought to myself, I'm going to go on a diet, which is just so sad. I have two daughters of my own, and it's just really sad to think of that but I just never was a skinny kid. I never, looking back on pictures, I never had like a weight problem, but I wasn't skinny. I was an athlete. I was a competitive swimmer from the time I was probably five or six till when I graduated high school. And I just exercised a lot and ate, <laughs> ate a lot of food. I mean, I just remember like, I loved carbs and I just would eat a lot. So I You probably
0: needed to fuel your body for all of that, you know, competitive swimming, right?
1: (laughs) For sure. For sure. So I remember, you know, obviously in seventh grade that lasted probably for like a day or two. But just I remember always just being conscious how much I was eating, what I was eating, wanting to be thinner. Never did anything drastic, but just, you know, watched my weight.
0: You know, we hear the other girls when we're we're that age. You know, we see other people. I remember looking around. Of course, I grew up with a mother that was always dieting. But when I realized people my age were also doing it, I I remember looking around at them and thinking, what's going on? You know, because we're seeing other people doing it. So we're like, well, if they're doing it, I should be doing it, too.
1: Yes. Yes, for sure. So then, so probably in high school, even in college, I was, you know, like, I'm 5'6", so I was probably upper 130s, lower 140s. Definitely looking back at pictures, like, why did I think there was a problem?
0: Like, there was no problem. That's a perfect weight.
1: Yes, exactly. Perfect. So college definitely, like, gained the freshman 20, but then, you know, lost it that summer. And college was kind of the same, just would be cognizant of my weight and I always exercised a lot like I always enjoyed going to the gym so kind of did that and then before my wedding so that was in 2001 so I probably again was about the same weight like high 130s low 140s I decided I needed to lose weight for my wedding which again is silly but decided that I, that's what people did so I was going to do we're told that, that. Yeah, exactly. So that's when I did my first official diet and went to Weight Watchers. Ah. And I did it with my mom, who also like didn't need to lose any weight. And it's funny, like looking back, we, the only thing that that program did for us was the accountability of weighing in. Like every Tuesday night, we were weighing in. I would think, you know, Tuesday after our meetings, we would go out for dinner and have like a really nice big dinner. Right. And then start Wednesday, I was never good. That was like the point system. I never was good at keeping track of the points, never good at like restricting a certain food. I just ate what I wanted, but I definitely ate less. And I remember that little voice inside my head like, I'm weighing in on Tuesday. Like I can't eat that because it was like accountability to that
0: person who who was weighing you in. I remember that. When I was doing the HCG diet, that crazy doctor diet that gives they give you the injections and you had to eat five hundred calories a day, but there was this young guy. He was like in his twenties at the clinic, and I weighed in on Fridays, and I was like, By golly, if I'm gonna go in and weigh in with this guy, this young twenty-something year old guy, I am not gonna be up.
1: Yes, <laughs> totally. Yes. Totally. It's funny, my brother used to make fun of me and my mom and he'd be like you can pay me like half the price and I'll, I'll weigh you in. <laughs> Cause that's, that's great. Because that's all we did was like weigh right? in. So, but it was this
0: guy. I didn't want the guy
1: yeah. to see me have a <laughs> – Totally, totally. So funny. So then I got married and I was – I remember this. I remember my weights in every part of my life. Me too. I, I was 125 pounds, which I remember – small. Small. And I remember in seventh grade, I was – on spring break, and I had to go to the doctor. I was at my grandparents' house, and I weighed 115 pounds. So, at 25 years old, getting married at 125, I probably weighed that in like eighth grade, ninth grade. So, wow. But I didn't feel small. That's the weird thing. Is looking back on pictures, I, you know, I obviously like I look small, but I didn't ever feel small. I, I don't think I ever. I always, I'm a person that looks in the mirror and I see not skinny person, but I never see an overweight person. I always see a normal person, whether I'm on the bigger side or smaller side. That's just how pictures are the only thing that I can tell what's actually going on.
0: I think that's true for a lot of us, honestly, because, you know, when I was gaining the weight, I knew that I was bigger. Obviously, my clothes were bigger, but I didn't. it, It was the picture that really showed it to me. And now, you know, I'm not sure you know, am I going up? Am I going down? Pictures—they just—they're so much better than looking in the mirror. We we don't we don't see ourselves no, change in the mirror.
1: Not at all. Mm-mm. I still use. But I pictures. bet you
0: were tiny. Yeah. Especially with with someone being as active as you were. Yeah.
1: The funny thing is, though, I I'm a very apple shaped person. So even okay. even if I was tiny, I still had like a stomach. Like I never was a person who could wear you know, a cute bikini, even just at a tinier weight, smaller weight, I didn't, I didn't have that body shape. So then, you know, I stayed at 125 probably for like a month. I never, never stayed there. So before my first daughter, who was in 2005, I weighed 137, totally a great, great weight. And then after she was born, you know, I just had to work hard to get it off. Nothing, I never did any extreme diets because a, I'm frugal. I don't want to spend money on things. That's probably like why I love I have so much. One of the one of the many reasons. And two, as my kids got older, I never wanted to do anything that I couldn't sit down at the kitchen table with them. I was never going to be someone who brought my own food or like said I can't eat that. I just never wanted to be like that example. So. Weight Watchers was the only diet I ever did. So fast forward, had second kid, you know, a little bit higher every, every kid. Right. My third kid was born in 2011. And after she was born, maybe two years later, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. And that is really when I was in like new territory. I lived in like the 180s. For probably, well, from the time she was born until 2020, when I found IF, so I just, you know, it didn't consume my life. I was a happy person, but I always, oh, I always was starting a new diet on Mondays. It was, you know. Am I eating good today? Am I not eating good today? I would always go back to Weight Watchers a little bit, but not really. Like, I would try to do it online, but never really stuck with it. So, in 2020, my friend at work came back from vacation, summer vacation, and looked amazing.
0: After vacation.
1: Yeah, exactly. And she had just had a baby like a year before. And I'm like, what did you do? And... She mentioned intermittent fasting. Well, the word fasting to me is like not doing that, totally not doing that. And then I had heard some other people at work talking about fasting and not, you know, some of them weren't eating like 36 hours for 36 hours. And I was like, there's no way. Like, I'm not, there's no way I'm not doing that. I'll just go back to weight. It was always go back to Weight Watchers. Well, then I picked my friend Melissa's brain a little bit more about what she was doing because I would see her eating and she was eating like regular food. Right. So (laughs) I'm so grateful how she explained it to me. She explained it to me when I really got to, okay, I'm going to do this. She explained it to me that she ate for eight hours a day and she ate whatever she wanted. And I was like, I can do that. I can can eat for eight hours a day, whatever I want. Okay, we'll, we'll do that. So January 6, 2020, I started IF. And... I really took to heart what she said. Now, I didn't like go crazy, but I wasn't watching at all. I would, I, in my mind, I, it just was those eight hours. Like I thought I'm going to eat from 11 to seven. And so that was January, 2020 by like Mar- middle of March, I had lost eight pounds and I was super excited about it. And then the pandemic I was
0: waiting for that. Here we
1: go. Yeah, here we go. So the pandemic hit. And again, it was still in my mind, I can eat for eight hours a day. And we were for the first time in our lives ordering like food, like groceries online. We'd never done that before. And it was like, ooh, cookie dough. Like, yum, edible cookie dough. Just ordering. And
0: we needed it. Yeah, We needed all the. I was baking like everybody. Totally. I was baking homemade cinnamon rolls. Yes,
1: totally. So – and I wasn't at that point like a a weigher. I obviously weighed. I knew I had had lost eight pounds, but I wasn't like an everyday weigher. I kind of was just uh, way here and there. So – I don't know how long it took me to gain back those eight pounds, but I know by the end of April, so April 27th, I knew I had gained back those eight pounds. So April 27th is when I, I mean, the good news is, you know, I'll read in Facebook groups where people will say, I did IF, I lost all this weight but then i stopped doing it what should i do and i always think to myself you know what to do like right. you just, do it just do it your body your body knows what to do you know what to do so i the good news is i never in my mind thought this doesn't work i knew i had to buckle down and change what i was doing and
0: can i tell yeah. you a statistic real quick yeah. i just pulled it up on my phone cuz somebody sent it to me today you know that we right now we're recording this in uh, what month is it i don't even know i'm so oh, busy it's march, march yes. <laughs> we're recording in march but according to the american psychological association um, the Stress in America Pandemic Survey I, apparently just came out, but they showed that forty-two percent of adults in the United States gained weight yes. over the pandemic. Oh, for sure! And the average—I just want you to guess. Ooh. Now, I feel like Melanie Avalon. Do you listen to our podcast? And Melanie's like, "What?" Uh, and she makes me guess.
1: Oh my gosh, so funny!
0: Okay, so I'm going to make you guess. How much weight do you do you think the average gain was over the pandemic?
1: I'm going to say ten pounds.
0: 29 pounds oh
1: oh. yeah that's shocking (laughs) that's a lot that's so
0: everybody who's listening maybe you lost zero pounds and you've been on a plateau the whole year you're actually on the plus 29 pounds compared to everybody else it's so So i really think that for people because we've never seen people struggle like this in the intermittent fasting community as they have over 2020 like intermittent fasting doesn't work i'm not losing weight and this has not been like this before but if if most americans have gained 29 pounds average yeah over this last year then losing zero is like you are winning totally. anyway i just had to say that because so I, I saw that today and i'm like wow you know my um my honesty scort i tried it on this morning cuz spring is in the air it was looser today than it was a year ago yeah wow yes so Yes, exactly. All right. Sorry to interrupt no, your story with that it. info, but no, it, April 27th, yes. you were like, help, the yes, pounds
1: are back. I know, but I never lost like faith in IF. I knew it worked. I liked it. I liked how I felt. I liked the ease of it. I liked just everything about it. So I just made a commitment to myself. I, I keep notes. I know people talk about pictures and how they hide pictures. I keep everything I have in my notes in my phone. I keep my pictures there. I keep little snippets that you've maybe said on a podcast or someone else has said on a podcast. It's like my little journal of I I love that. I love it too. And it's just a great, I have like two notes now because I have so many things in there. So I know on April 27th, I decided, you know what, I got to change it. I'm going to keep doing it. So I kind of had made the commitment that Either I was going to do two meals a day, like small meals, or I was going to maybe do OMAD. The the thought of OMAD, oh my gosh, it was like <laughs> the hugest thing in the world. Like, I, right. I oh, no way, who does that? Who only eats one meal a day? And again, I was introduced to IF that you can eat eight hours a day. So, right. slowly, I have 100% become an OMAD person, and it just happened. I, right. Food, to me, tastes so much better when you are hungry, 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 and I found if I ate lunch, I really wasn't hungry for dinner, but I, right. if I didn't eat anything, I couldn't make it to the next day, so I really have found that... You know, like a 20-hour fast is what works the best for me. And I don't worry about the other part of that 20, how people are like, do you have to be 20 slash four? I'm like, no, you don't. You can be 20 slash anything. So some day That
0: confuses so many people. Yes. They're like, um, now look, I fasted for 20 hours. Do I have to eat for four? What if I eat for three? Or what if I eat for 5 I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, totally.
1: It's okay, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So some days it's 20 slash one- some days it's twenty slash six on a you know a busy day. So oh is really my favorite thing, which I can't believe I'm saying. I really did never I thought it was going to be like that. So I eat one great meal. I'm a person that is better off starting with a meal. If I start off with a okay. s- if I start off with a snack, I just eat too much, and then I'm not hungry for a meal. So I'm better off starting. Starting with a meal, and then you know, eating uh, iced coffee later, or a little dessert later, or a snack later, whatever that that might be. So, yes, that is my way I found IF. So it's what March. So it's really been like 15 months for me.
0: Okay, and since I, the day you started for the first for time. the first
1: time. Yep, and then I'll have a second you know, one-year anniversary at the end of April. And, you know, I think people would classify me as a turtle. I hear people say turtle all the time, which I never thought of that. I'm, I'm just happy to be losing weight. And right. like you said, with the pandemic, I've seen so many people that I'm like, oh my gosh, they look so different <laughs> than they did the right. last time I saw them. And I feel like I look different in a good way. So I'm, exact, I'm exactly at 20 pounds. So I'm at about 165, which... You know, people I see on the Facebook groups are all the time talking about their goal weight. And I'm like, huh, how does anyone pick a goal weight? I don't, I don't even, I wouldn't even know what number to pick. What number do I pick? Yeah.
0: Well, I picked one out of the air. Okay. Honestly, when I picked mine, because I was, you know, 210 when I was starting out and, You know, 135 seemed like pie in the sky. I could never, if I ever could get there, life would just be complete. And so, and it was 75 pounds exactly. So that's how I picked 135.
1: Yeah. So for me, this is my goal. My goal is when I have pictures taken of myself that I like what I see in those pictures and I will say that more and more, I like what I see in the pictures.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give myself a number because you know what? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't for me. 150 might be it. It might be 155. It might be 145. I don't know. My body is gonna do what my body wants to do. I. Love IF. I love how I feel. I love how I look. I love so many things about it that I'm I'm not gonna tie it to a specific number and feel like if I didn't if I don't get that number, something's wrong with me or I gotta keep working. I, I know what to do and I'm just gonna keep doing it. And whatever my body I love that settles at, that's where my body settles that.
0: I think that really is the best mindset for us to have. Although, you know, going back in time to myself, if, if, you know, in 2015, when I hit my goal, I had that goal. I wanted to see that number. And I very much, listen to how dumb I was back in 2015. I hate to say it. I think I've said it before, but that was right when I also discovered vibration plates. I got my first vibration plate, but I was almost at my goal. And I had read about how vibration plates were great at building muscle and in my crazy brain wanting to see 135 I said I better not use it right now because I might build muscle and I will be heavier and I won't get to my goal weight yes yeah
1: does that sound like the no. dumbest
0: thing you've ever heard in your life but I, yeah I, get <laughs> it. I wanted to see 135 on that scale more than i wanted to build muscle yeah, and yes. get leaner
1: yes yes I, I get it I feel like we're just you know, we're all wrapped up in numbers and all wrapped up in the weight and the scale. And I just, I don't have that. And I'm, I'm glad I don't have that. And I'm so happy to be at 165. And I'm so happy that, I mean, I remember a time I was thinking about this, like non-scale victories. I remember a time that I didn't have any clothes to wear because I was not going to buy an extra large shirt. Was not going to happen. And I was not gonna buy a pair of pants over the size of 12. So I remember one summer literally having like five shirts and would just rotate them because A, I didn't I didn't want to go shopping, and B, I probably needed an extra large shirt, but like I couldn't cross that mentally. So for me, having a whole huge closet full of lo- some larges, some mediums, some size 10. I have a few size eights. Like, that is awesome. Like, I'm happy with that. And if that goes down, that goes down. If it doesn't, that's okay. I'm I'm just happy I found a way of life for, for me.
0: Yeah, I think that being able to put on clothes that feel good on your body is really one of the biggest pleasures of life. Because you and I both know, you just talked about how you didn't want to buy bigger clothes. I was the same way, even though I was squeezing into the clothes I had. There was just something... Psychological. these numbers are so psychological. You know, if you went into the store and none of the clothes had size labels on them and you just kept trying things till you found what fit, how much better would that be? Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to find them. Okay, <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I don't know how you'd know what to find. Yes. But honestly, the sizes don't make it much better. I remember one time when I was when I was losing the weight. The reason I remember it is because it came up recently as a Facebook memory. You, you know, we're in March now, March of twenty. 21. And it was right before I hit my goal in March of 2015. And I'd been doing some shopping. And in my closet, I had clothes that fit me that were like size 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. <laughs> it was like, but I, that, I could fit into the 12s. I could fit into the 4s. Yes. I could fit into the So they're really, they're really meaningless, but by golly, if it said a four, I was thrilled. Yes,
1: exactly. Even if it was
0: a misprint, I don't know. I didn't care.
1: Yes. (laughs) And I feel like I'm a person that like, I never wore a size four and I never wore a size six. Maybe like after my wedding for like a month, I wore a size six, but I never, I always wore eights and I always wore 10s. So like, those are good numbers to me. So... I have a 15-year-old daughter, and I explain the same thing to her, because you'll be a size 6 at one store and a size 10 at the other store that, like, they just – it doesn't mean anything. Like, they just decide what's a size 6, a size 10. Like, just fit th- buy the pants that fit and the pants that look cute. So, yeah. Exactly.
0: Don't even worry about this And also, sizes have changed so much. I remember when I was in college – and I was slim in college, but I can remember – I was very solidly a size 8 in college. And, you know, I know that those size 8 clothes would probably, you know, fit me now. I mean, maybe maybe they'd be a little big. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, Because I, I think I, I may be slimmer than I was in college. I'm pretty sure I am a little slimmer, but not by a lot. But I was solidly a size 8. I mean, I wasn't wearing a 6. right? And, you know, yeah. that seemed really small. And then when I got married, I think I was probably a size 12. But my wedding dress... It's probably the equivalent of today's size eight.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because
0: sizes have really changed. Although sometimes it makes me mad. I was somewhere at some outlet mall and I was trying... To buy a dress and the one that fit me was a double zero. That's ridiculous. I'm not a double zero. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, Who's come on zero? now. Yes. I need the double zero. <laughs> but that I mean, I was actually mad because that's that's ridiculous. I love that's it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm just I feel like I'm I'm a normal size. I'm, you know, with the size my body wants to be. I don't feel tiny. Yeah. I just feel normal. yeah,
1: I love that. I love that, for sure. Yes.
0: Yeah. So good. I'm glad you're communicating that to your daughters. Yes. You have absolutely. one daughter?
1: I have two daughters and a son. Two daughters. Yes. And I don't – it's funny. I was trying to – it's it's interesting what they notice because I don't ever – Right. I have been very cognizant my whole life, probably just being a social worker, that I never was going to talk bad about my body, never going to talk about their bodies, only in that our bodies – you know, we want our bodies to be healthy and strong – So I don't, I don't use the word fasting with them. I just use the, like, if they are like, why aren't you eating mom? I'll say, Oh, I was hungry earlier. And I ate earlier. That's really what I try to teach them is that we eat when, you know, we eat when we're hungry and we stop when we're full. And I never have been like a breakfast person. I don't push, push breakfast on them before they go to school. And some of them eat breakfast, some of them don't. And, They have a much healthier relationship with food than I know I did like at their age. So I think that it's really good that they just see food as you eat it and it's enjoyable, but you eat it when you're hungry and you stop.
0: Right. And food is not, you know, recreation, yes. you know, but we, we enjoy food when we eat it, you know, feeling, you know, we don't want to model guilt for our kids. Totally. So, so many, so many times that ends up getting, you know, transferred to the kids. You know, if your mom is always guilty about eating like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that or, oh, I was so bad. You know, we don't want kids to think that, yes. that, that they should feel guilty for enjoying their food. They, we should enjoy our food. Yes.
1: I will say one thing that drives me a little crazy too is when parents like reward their kids with food
0: oh yeah like
1: mm-hmm. and you hear that a lot it's like oh you did such a good job let's go get ice cream or, and, and I get why they do it like it's a fun thing I just think it's a really slippery slope that right I'll hear parents say you know you didn't do that or you got in trouble so you can't have dessert tonight and I'm like oh you can't you can't make food a reward or a punishment because that's just I agree a bad a bad road to go down for sure
0: well, sometimes hear from parents who are, who are worried about children that are overweight. And they're like, you know, my, my child can't fast. Obviously, it's not recommended until you're finished growing. But, you know, what do we do about weight? And really, you know, some evidence shows that it, it's worse to talk about weight with kids than it is to not. Well, I've got two brothers. But one of my brothers, the younger one, he went through a very pudgy phase when he was in middle school. And he just plumped right up. And his body just did that you know, his, his hormones were changing, his body was changing. And I remember he looked so different during that time. And then he had a growth spurt and that was all gone. But nobody ever tried to make him go on a diet. And now he's an adult and cannot gain weight to save his life.
1: There you go, right? Yeah, <laughs> He's
0: just got one of those bodies. I don't know. Something's up with his gut metabolism. Yes, I don't know. But- <laughs> exactly.
1: No, that makes complete sense. You're making them more self-conscious about it by bringing it up and talking about it. Right. And then it just is a bad cycle of shame and feeling bad. And we all know that if you feel bad about yourself, that's just going to send you in a bad spiral anyway. So that makes complete sense not to not to even bring it up that it can be damaging for sure.
0: And, you know, really, that that doesn't mean, you, you know, you just let your kid eat, you know, constantly for recreation, with the snacks, but as a parent, you can control what you buy and have healthy options available and encourage your child to listen to their hunger and satiety. But that's a different thing. That's a lesson you want to teach them. You know, if they want to have a snack, say, now, are you really hungry? We eat when we're hungry. Are you hungry? And if the answer is yes, you let them eat. And that's really the best thing we can teach our kids. Eat when you're hungry. Are you hungry? If so, then eat. And I'm not judging what you eat.
1: Yes. You're listening to your own body then, which is so important. My husband... (laughs) I always joke with him. I'm like, did you like grow up the depression? Like he just has this thing about cleaning your plate and not throwing away things. And I mean, he's gotten so much better after listening to me, but that you can't like, They have to just eat what they want to eat and be done. Like, it's okay that they didn't finish at all. So I think that's super important for kids to listen to their bodies. That's
0: true. Yeah, the whole eat another bite, eat another bite. That teaches them to override their satiety signals. And we do it. I know I did it. Come on, eat one more bite for mama. No, don't eat a bite for mama. Eat a bite if you're hungry.
1: (laughs) Totally, totally. Yes,
0: exactly. (laughs) If we could just raise our kids to eat when they're hungry and stop when they've had enough and not try to you know, praise them or threaten them or yes. anything. I read a really cool study recently. I'm working on a new book. It was from, it's like this wacky study. There was a, a some kind of doctor in the 1930s or something like that. And she somehow got all these kids that she was raising them. I don't know. But they gave them all this random food to eat and let them pick what they wanted to eat. Stuff like brains and liver and cod liver oil and salt. And the kids like all ate different things, but crafted the perfect diet. Over time.
1: Oh wow, interesting! It was so interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, it's a fascinating study, and like they ate exactly, you know, what was right for their bodies. Like one kid came into her care, and he had rickets, which is like a nutritional oh, deficiency. Yeah. yeah. And he like was eating up the cod liver oil. Oh
1: wow! Yeah. And but- then
0: after he was, it had whatever he needed. Then after. After he was healed, he never touched it again.
1: Oh, wow. Like your body knows what to do, right? Yeah. If we get out of
0: the way. But you got, I mean, these were all real foods. Yeah. You know, the problem is that we're feeding our kids, you know, all these ultra processed foods and you don't get the right satiety signal because you haven't gotten the nutrients. Because these kids were eating nutritious foods to get the nutrients they needed. But you're not gonna get that in the you know granola bar. Right,
1: right. Doritos.
0: <laughs> Doritos. <laughs> yes. As delicious as they are. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that makes sense. So yeah, sense.
0: give your kids real food. That's the key. Real food. Yeah. Let them eat till they're satisfied. Yes,
1: that makes complete sense for sure. Yes.
0: So how about, you know, your what you eat? Have have your tastes in food changed at all? Yes,
1: for sure. I definitely you know have the whole window, window worthy thing going on right. and I you know the things that I used to eat because I thought you know they were so and so good for me or better for me like some things like I used to eat the Starbucks drive through. it was like a turkey bacon sandwich that I thought oh gosh that's like good for you it's turkey bacon I mean it's awful <laughs> totally awful. Yeah. (laughs) Awful. So I feel like my, I have a big sweet tooth. I definitely like a sweet tooth person, but I now know like what foods I like and what foods I don't like, which literally never even occurred to me before. Like it was either I was eating dessert that day or I wasn't eating dessert that day. So if I was eating dessert, of course I was going to eat whatever dessert was offered to me. So now it's do I really want that cake? Because you know what, I don't even really like cake, or I don't, I don't like cake. I don't like donuts. Did I didn't even know that? But now I did. that crazy. I just thought I liked.
0: I liked everything. No, I think it's great. I think that that shows how we are so disconnected from our food that we're just eating for all these reasons. We don't even know why we're eating. We're eating because it's there. We're eating because other people are eating. The same is true with me and donuts. I don't really like donuts, except like certain fancy donuts. Like my friend Michelle that lives in Nashville came to my house one time, and she brought me... She brought these wonderful donuts from this fancy donut place. I liked those donuts. Yeah,
1: yeah, but you really so – There is a donut I, is, I will but, eat. Yes, exactly. I feel like I – it's funny. So I remember as a kid loving cottage cheese. Like we we would go to – what's it called? Like buffets. And I remember yeah. just as a kid loving the cottage Me cheese.
0: Me I would always get cottage cheese on a buffet.
1: Yes, like the best. And I, I did not eat cottage cheese for like – Pick a number. 30 years I didn't eat cottage cheese because if I was eating – if I was on a diet for some reason, I didn't think it was, like, worth it. Like, it had too much fat probably or too much of something. And if I wasn't on a diet, it wasn't, like, yummy enough food in my mind. And now I love cottage cheese again. Like, it's a great food and it's a good thing to open up my window with if I have to do a snack first and – I just feel like I'm way more in touch with what I actually like and I my I love a cookie cake. Like I don't like regular oh, yeah. cake. Cookie cakes are my favorite and I remember on my birthday this year in September, I just cut off like a little piece of cookie cake and I ate it and I'm like, I cannot believe I have become a person who can eat a little bit of a cookie cake. Like
0: that's right. That's
1: me. I'm that person. And
0: it's your birthday. You could eat as much as you yes. want. Because if you're a dieter on your birthday, you're like, well, I'm off the diet. Yes.
1: I mean, it's amazing. But you're not a dieter. I so know. you don't have to. Yes. And I can have that cookie cake's not going anywhere. I can have that cookie cake tomorrow. So I'm just going to eat a little piece. And it's like the best piece in the world. We all know that the first two bites of things are like the best. That's true. <laughs> two bites that the fifth and sixth and seventh bite isn't really that good so the fact that you can have two or three bites tomorrow too that will taste just as good as today is it's just a mental thing that I can eat one cookie now because I don't need to eat all the cookies because I can have a cookie tomorrow so that to me I love it that to me is if, if people talk about like one word of IF. I know a lot of people, it's freedom. I love freedom, but I also just love peace. Like for me Oh,
0: that's huge. Peace.
1: Just a peaceful way to be. That it's not, it's not stressful. It's every day is a healthy day, but it's also a flexible day and a way of life day that you don't have to restrict anything that I don't want to. Or if I do want to restrict something... It-
0: I really think peace is is the best way of thinking. Peace and freedom together yes. just really describes the lifestyle. And can I be honest right now? Yes. All I have done is think about cottage cheese. <gasps> Ever since you said
2: cottage cheese, it.
0: I'm like, I might have to drive to the store... Somebody was telling me about, like one of the moderators, we have a moderator chat, and we socialize all day long behind that. the scenes, believe it. it or not. But I've become great friends with these ladies and gentlemen. There's there's some guys in there, too, some men. But one of them was talking about cultured cottage cheese. Oh, Do you buy that kind? I don't,
1: I, you know, my husband does the grocery shopping. I, I don't. Uh,
0: so does mine.
1: Yes. Yes. I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He likes to.
1: All I know is I need the large curd cottage cheese i don't like the small well there's a
0: kind that's cultured so it's like a probiotic oh okay so it's so i'm like well if i get cottage cheese i'll certainly try it but i have not even been shopping Probably at the grocery store for a long time, yeah, but yes. now I'm like really thinking I could go to the store and look for some, some of that and try cheese. it because it actually sounds better than ice cream right yeah, now no. for whatever reason. It's so good, I love it. I'm gonna get some yeah. some cultured cottage cheese. I love it. I love okay, it. I'm gonna try it. Yeah. So you look for the look for the cultured okay, as well. I will.
1: I'll tell my husband. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, <laughs> it's probably more expensive. So I mean, I'm certain it is. So is your husband like a real bargain shopper?
1: No. He is not. Oh, he would not. You're lucky. He wouldn't even pay attention to that. Yeah. You
0: are lucky. <laughs> okay. Because I'm like, look, get such and such. He'll be like, yes, but it costs twenty cents more. I'm like, I don't care. Yes, we can
1: we can afford it, honey. Twenty cents. Do you know? My- I know. Oh my god. This is what my husband does at the grocery store, which drives me bananas. If there is any promotion, so like, right. buy five of these twenty packs of toilet paper and get a five dollar like gift card. He'll he'll do that. So we'll come home with $100 worth of toilet paper because they got the $5 gift card. So – That's great. He's like, we need, we'll we'll use it. I'm like, who cares? (laughs) Like, you don't need to it. Well, my husband, I
0: I love him. Chad's great. And I love that he wants to save us money. So I'm not going to complain, except it can be frustrating when he won't get me what I want because it costs more. Anyway, though, he has like a circuit he goes on of, he goes to Walmart, he goes to Lidl, he goes to Kroger, he goes to Publix, he goes to Costco. And he will only buy certain things at certain places because that's where they're the cheapest. He'll be like, I'm at Publix. Do you need anything? I'm like, yeah, grab some butter. He's like, I don't buy butter at Publix. I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> you have like an approved, a pre-approved list of what you can. Just order get from some that. butter yes. out of.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh so my God. it's funny.
1: I love it. I love it. So you
0: mentioned that you had a big exercise background. Do you still have your love of exercise to this day? You know
1: what? I am a walker. That is it. I used to do the gym before COVID hits. But even that, I've tried, like, different classes. I have found that I'm, like, an independent exerciser. I like to be – I actually love to listen to your podcasts like, when I walk. That's, like, my favorite Fabulous. thing. Yes. I just – for me, like, exercise is downtime and quiet time. So I've tried a lot of different things, and I just don't like the classes. It's not, it's not social – I don't want my social time to be exercise. I want that to be like more quiet time for me. So I get it. Right now, all I do is walk our dogs and that's good. I like, I like that. I don't do anything more.
0: Well, I I think that's the key is finding what you love. You know, I went through a period of time Right after I retired, I guess I was in a less busy time than I have been recently because I can't believe I had time to do that. But right after I retired from teaching, I joined the Y and I was doing Pilates and going to the Pilates classes. And then that was before I wrote Fast Feast Repeat. So then I think that's what stopped me because then I had to write Fast Feast Repeat and I didn't have time to go yes. do Pilates anymore. But, you know, it would take your whole day to go do an organized class. Yeah, like you Yeah, know, Like if class was at 11, I would have like up until 11 thinking about going to class then I would go to the class at 11, and then it was an hour at the class. Then I had to come home from the class and take a shower. And then, like, the whole day, all I did was go to Pilates. Yeah,
1: I could totally see that. Yes. Yeah. It's funny. I, yeah. I listened to your podcast, like, your most recent ones, but then I, like, I have made my way through the older ones. So I I, rem- right. I remember you going to Pilates.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was good at Pilates. I enjoyed Pilates. Yeah. but. I just didn't have time. Maybe I'll have time again one yeah, day. For like, sure. I don't know. But it still does take a lot of time. Yes. I'm more of like, I want to do something on my own, like go for a walk. When I'm at the beach, I love to walk on the beach. Yeah. But I'll jump on my rebounder. I'll, you know, use my vibration plate. Yeah. that's
1: awesome. Th- Those are the
0: things that really make me feel good because I can do them right there for just a few minutes. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yes.
3: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Just like intermittent fasting, we want it to be efficient. Yes. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's important. But no more swimming then. No.
1: You know what? I think since I did it so much as a kid, that by the time I graduated high school, I was done, done, done. Because I do have friends that I grew up with that do, you know, like competitive swimming as adults. And I'm like, ugh, I, wow. I can't imagine.
0: <laughs> I didn't even know they did that unless you're like in the Olympics. Yeah, it's
1: like, it's called like master swimming where they'll do like okay. swim meets. And I mean, I can't think of anything less than that I would want to to, <laughs> like been there, done that. My oldest daughter is a competitive swimmer, so it's fun to watch her and be a part of it that way. But no... Getting wet and you're cold, and you know, it's free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no interest. And you live in the cold.
0: It's cold up there.
1: Yes. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. And my daughter
0: in law is from Chicago. Did you know that?
1: Oh, I didn't. No.
0: I can't remember where. Don't ask me where. I can't remember the town. But yeah, my daughter in law is from Chicago. I love that. That's where her family lives. Okay. Yes. Yep. I've never been, though, to Chicago. Okay.
1: Maybe she'll take you sometime. It's a, it's a, yeah. That's,
0: I would like to go with, with Cal and Kate. I think I would enjoy going with somebody who lives there or, you know, has the, I mean, she doesn't live there now. Now they live in San Francisco. Yeah, but. come
1: in the summer. Summers in Chicago are are, okay. are great. They're great. They're
0: great. They're both. Everybody in my family's been there except for me. One summer when Cal was just graduating high school, he got an, a scholarship to go to the Apple Developer Conference oh, cool. in California. So I was there with him in San Francisco because he, you know, he was seventeen. He graduated high school at seventeen, and you know he was there for a week. So I went with him. And at the same time, my husband took Will, our other son, to Chicago to have a private lesson with the, the lead trombone player from the Chicago Symphony. Oh,
1: wow. Very cool. Yeah, he
0: said... My, my son set it up himself. He's like, I emailed the lead <laughs> trombone player... Can I go have a private lesson with him? I set it up. I love it. And we're like, well, okay. Yes,
1: I guess you can.
0: <laughs> but I didn't get to go to Chicago. Yes. What I'm saying.
1: Oh, that's awesome! Awesome. awesome.
0: <laughs> I'll go in the summer. Yes. I think that's probably smart. Yes,
1: perfect time to come.
0: So, is there anything that you struggle with with intermittent fasting?
1: I definitely struggle more when I'm not busy. I would say being someone in schools, uh, making lunches is like my least favorite thing in the world. So to not make myself a lunch every day is like a gift that I give myself. I get it. Oh, the worst, the worst. Carrying
0: that food to school. Did you have like a million lunch bags? Because I did. Yes, yes. When we moved, I threw away probably 10 because I had them shoved away in this closet. They're all like monogrammed because you know, I live in Georgia. So I have these floral, yes. <laughs> sorry, yeah. maybe people other places have monogrammed floral lunch bags. I don't know. But but I had all these monogrammed floral lunch bags, these cooler kind of things. I just like, nope, threw them all in the yes. garbage.
1: Yeah. So at, it's so easy at Work because you know I'll get a little bit of hunger at you know like eleven, twelve, one, sometime in there, and I'm so busy I don't even notice it. And some days, right? Some days I obviously don't get that. So I would say sometimes at home, you know, it's just a little bit harder. And I have found sometimes I'll open up my window too early, and I'll say, "Oh, I just won't eat." You know, I'm going to close it early. Well, that's harder for me to do. So. I'm okay with being hungry and knowing later that day I'm going to be able to eat. It's harder for me to be hungry like at six or seven at night and know I'm not eating till the next day. So
0: I can't do that. I mean, I 100% cannot and don't do it. I I learned that over time. Same with me. There might be a rare occasion – that I could think back to where I only had a really big lunch and then wasn't hungry again, but probably 99.9% of the time or most of the time, if I eat a big lunch, I'm going to be hungry again, probably eight hours later. That's you know, like the times I would tell myself, well, I had a really big lunch at noon or brunch. I won't eat again till tomorrow. By the time 8 p.m. comes around, I'm hungry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I get it. And I eat.
0: I don't – I can't go to bed hungry. I know. I just, I,
1: there's something about that. I don't. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's in my little notes I took that Jen, if she eats lunch, she also eats dinner. That, like, made me feel yeah, better. I'm,
0: I'm hungry. Yes. And, and, but, you know, then there's those people that have that middle-of-the-day window, and that works for them. And they like to – they sleep better when they haven't Yeah. Eaten. I do no. not – you heard Have you heard me talk on the podcast about how I'd shifted my meal, my main meal earlier? Yes,
1: yes, because you're not drinking wine as much, right? So it was easier. Well, than... I had
0: even shifted it earlier. Okay. like I I don't know if you've gotten to them yet because they I did it a while back. but people are going to hear the whole saga of how I started eating my main meal before Chad got home. Like I was oh. cooking my main meal at two o'clock. and I was feeling so great eating my main meal at two and then having a little snack with him. And I was enjoying it. And I'm loving it. And I would just serve him the dinner later. Well, that lasted a few weeks. And then, <laughs> but then I started to be starving and I wasn't sleeping well. And I, I, it affected my sleep eventually. Okay. And so I was like, never mind. Yeah, so I went back mind. to the way I've always been doing yes. it. But I, you
1: know, yes, I would love, anyway. I would love to get to the point where I could eat a snack at like three. Three thirty-four, and then eat dinner with my family. That would, I, I think maybe over the summer, I'll try to experiment with that and just be real specific on what snack I'm going to eat. And like, that's it because I, I just tend to ruin my dinner. My husband and my kids are very good sports and they will be like, why are we eating dinner at four o'clock? And I'm like, Cause, Cause I'm hungry. That's why we're eating dinner at four o'clock. Yeah. Yes. So they're they're very nice about it, but if I could push it a little bit later, I think it maybe just be easier for everybody. So it's that's what I struggle with. Just sometimes the timing. If I lived right. if I live by myself, it would be a different situation, but I don't. So just trying to like kind of coordinate it with other people, and sometimes. We're all very busy with sports, so it's not like we have that family dinner all the time, anyway. So I don't worry about it too much. And there, there are plenty of nights where I'm like, I already ate, so this is this is for you guys, and, and no one cares. So
0: yeah, or hardly even notice. Oh, really? For
1: sure. And you're giving up a hundred times anyway to like get everyone what they need anyway. So it sometimes is even even easier to not eat, yeah. eat with them. So I think that's just what I struggle with sometimes. It's just the timing the timing of things, I would say. That makes sense.
0: So I know you're here sharing your story with the world, but in your daily life, do you share intermittent fasting or do you keep it to yourself?
1: I share if they ask me. I share freely 100%. I had a cute story the other day. One of my good friends who actually does IF with me, someone had said to her, oh my gosh, like Elizabeth looks so good. Like, what is she doing? And my friend had shared about IF and then she like was like, was that okay that I did that? I'm like, of course it's okay. So it's been fun. It's, it had been a while since anyone had really asked me about it, and it's fun to just like someone new that's into it, and you know, she's overthinking everything, and that's fun to like be on that journey with someone. It
0: really is.
1: I share with anyone who asks, like readily. My mom does it. She literally. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, she literally is aging backwards. If you see. She's 74 and if you see pictures of her you know eight years ago nine years ago she looks a hundred times better now she's she looks she looks amazing she's amazing and there's a couple people at work who do it and I have another good friend that does it so yes I I share freely if people if people ask
0: right. Yeah, I, th- I think that's so important. You know, we've all seen that meme going around. That's you know the first rule of Fast Club is don't talk about Fast Club. That's my least my least favorite yeah, meme, like a, ever. Yeah, I hate it because it makes it seem like it's something that you know we we're going we were automatically assuming that people are going to give us pushback or that people are like there's something wrong with it yeah. or it's weird. And it's not. No,
1: no. That It's nothing to be shameful of. Like, it's not a little secret that people are hiding. So I'm so happy to share it with people. And sometimes I share it with people and they follow up with a lot of questions. And sometimes I share with people and they're like, oh, my God, I could never do that. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. Remember how I started. Like, eight hours. Eat whatever you want. It's like, you don't have to start really strictly, which I feel like. Yep. I feel like on the Facebook groups, just so many people who are struggling and struggling and struggling that maybe they're putting that pressure on themselves that-
0: I think so. Yeah, if you just- Trying to do everything on day one.
1: Yes, like take it day by day and start small. And you know, even if you fast for 12 hours, you didn't fall off a wagon or you don't need to start over. All those just negative, I just hate all that negative talk.
0: It makes us sad. Yeah. It makes us sad to see. That's that's what it is, because it, it feels like like we want to say, just don't don't make it so hard on yourself. Yes, for sure. Like, you're not cheating. But we've been trained with the whole diet culture. That's the problem. Yes. You know, you're either being good or you're being bad. Yeah, for sure. Did you have a good day or a bad day? Was it a good way in or a bad way in? Yeah. And so everything just go it's hard to unlearn it decades totally of yes. of what we've told ourselves yes. like you know someone today asked me she said you know I've I've just started the 28 day fast start but I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to eat within my eating window what, how am I supposed to, you know, meals versus sex? I'm like, no, no, it's totally up to yes. you. Yes,
1: yes, exactly.
0: Or I think she used the word allowed. Aww. Allowed to eat, yeah. and but I understand, and and I wanted to give her a hug. Yes, and say you're allowed to eat however you want to eat. Yes, exactly. But yeah, because you know we we've so often been not allowed to yes. do things.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but
0: now we have peace. And we have free. I know.
1: I love it. And one other thing I wanted to say too is I do set goals for myself, but my, goal, uh-huh. my goals are things that I am in control of that I know I can do. So I will, you know, if I see the scale creeping up, I'll say, you know what? I'm going to do these two weeks. I'm going to do 20 hours and not do anything less than that. Obviously, if emergency happens, but like if if I'm less than 20 hours, there must be a really big reason for it. But For me, that's like what my goals need to look like. I need to set- Behavioral goals. Yes, not I'm going to lose five pounds by March 30th because you know what? I might not lose 30 pounds by March 30th and that's okay. So I need to set goals that I'm in charge of, that I know I can do and keep track of and not something that may or may not happen. So that's another thing I love about IF is just I I can do that. I can only fast for 20 hours or 21 hours, and that's something I am in charge of and in control of.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's very important. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started?
1: I would 100% say take it day by day. I really feel that fasting is a muscle that you get better at and better at that every single time you fast. and. Take pictures. Put things in your notes in your phone so no one sees them. I, I see sometimes people say, I can't take a picture. I can't handle it. Yes, you can. Take the picture. You'll be glad that you did.
0: And you can hide them in your camera roll, yes. too. Yes. People don't know that you can hide things and put them in a. You just call, if you have an iPhone, I don't know about other phones, but you can do a hidden hidden album. Yes,
1: exactly. And you'll want that. You'll want those those photos. You will those photos I wish I had more of myself at the very yep. beginning. Cause,
0: Me too. I wish I did too, and I wish I had saved some of the clothes that I was so happy to get rid of. I wish I had saved yes, some of those. I didn't.
1: Yes. No. I would just say, take measurements. I, I measure my waist. I think that's a good thing to, right. I think to so. do. And just give yourself grace. Take it day by day. You're going to have longer windows, shorter windows. You're not starting over. You're not breaking anything. You didn't fall off any wagons. Just um, be be positive with yourself.
0: Yep. that That's all really good advice. Well, Elizabeth, I have so enjoyed talking to you today and thank you so very much.
1: Thank you so much, Jen. I appreciate it.
0: At resonate recordings.com. Intermittent fasting stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
2: Murder on my mind, a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus, explores the circumstances leading up to the murder of two young men and the mistrials of the man accused of killing them.